Welcome to Location Matters, the podcast from NGIS, covering the world of mapping and location technology. Australia sits on the fastest moving continental tectonic plate in the world called the Indo-Australian Plate. This means that our GPS coordinates are changing over time. The GDA 94 was the last update to the coordinate systems. And now that we're coming up to the GDA 2020, we want to make sure you've got all the information you need to not only understand it, but also to get prepared. I'm Sarah Butler, you're listening to Location Matters, and today we're joined by Director of National Geodesy at Geoscience Australia, Nick Brown. Thank you so much for joining us, Nick. Oh, thanks for having me. You've got some pretty amazing accolades under your belt at the moment, the most recent in which was actually winning the Asia-Pacific Young Spatial Professional of the Year Award at the 2018 National Asia-Pacific Spatial Excellence Awards. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Geoscience Australia? Sure, yeah. Thanks for the introduction. I was very fortunate to, to win that award earlier this year, which was I was still pretty chuffed about. Yeah, so I'm the Director of National Geodesy at Geoscience Australia. And for those of you who don't actually know what geodesy is, um, it's probably good to get off on the right foot. Uh, geodesy is all about measuring the shape, uh, orientation and gravity field of the Earth. And we monitor how that changes over time. So that's very important because if we're trying to position ourselves on the Earth um, through time, then we need to understand how the Earth um, changes and moves and breathes. And as it breathes, um, it moves, the shape of it changes. I also believe you're involved with ICSM, which is the Intergovernmental Committee on Surveying and Mapping. Can you tell us a little bit more about the committee? Yeah, sure. So I'm uh, a new member of the Intergovernmental Committee on Surveying and Mapping and essentially it's a, a government body made up with representatives from the states, territories, Commonwealth and our friends in New Zealand and the members on that committee are responsible primarily for surveying and mapping functions in each of their jurisdictions. So they're looking at a whole range of different spatial data sets including things like uh, topographic uh, cadastral tides, so we're dealing with onshore and offshore, uh, things like addressing. Um, and so some of the big ticket items that they're working on within ICSM at the moment are around things like um, digital cadastra, which has got to do with land ownership and how you handle these massive data sets. Um, we're looking at 4D positioning uh, datums, which we're here to talk about today, and also a, a topic that's become quite a hot topic, which is called digital twins. And that's essentially like developing a, a digital version or a digital model of cities or parts of cities to assist with data management, the construction industry, insurance and a, a whole range of other things. Great. So today, though, we're here to talk about the new GDA 2020 datum. To start with, could you explain what a datum is and why it's important? Sure. So a datum or a reference frame, or I might be using those terms interchangeably, are very similar things. And, and some of your listeners will probably heard about datums and reference frames. Essentially what they are, they're like a foundation of a house. So a datum is designed to provide a stable and an accurate frame on which we can make measurements. And a common one that people are aware of is graticule. So we're talking about the lines of latitude and longitude. Essentially, that's that provides a frame of reference on which you can align spatial data and make better decisions. And so why do we need a new datum? Why do we have GDA 2020? So with GDA 2020 has been released just recently and it's really needed because of changes in technology 
and improvements and a better understanding of how we want to model and measure the shape of the Earth. So nowadays, people are talking about autonomous cars, location-based services, Pokemon Go, a whole range of these spatially enabled things where people want to know their position very, very accurately. And so we've had datums for forever and a day. Back in the early days in Australia, we used to use an approximation of the Earth that was called the Clark 1858 ellipsoid. And some of your listeners, I'm sure, would have had that pop up in their GIS systems as a default in many, at many times. But we've come a long way since then. As, as we measure the shape of the Earth more accurately over time, our surveying and geodesy techniques improve, but then also the technology improves. And so we go round and round and we keep improving the technology. And as we improve the technology, we improve our understanding of the shape of the Earth. So GDA 2020 is just really another step along that road as we moved from things like AGD 66, AGD 84, and more recently GDA 94. GDA 2020 is just another step along that route. But I suppose the big differences between GDA 2020 and GDA 94 and the thing most people are interested in is why did we move from GDA 94? Why did we need to go to GDA 2020? The major reason is alignment with GPS systems. So global navigation satellite systems, of which GPS is one of them and the the most commonly known one, um, they provide you with a position based on where you are at any given time. And because the Australian plate is moving at seven centimetres a year towards the northeast, um, from 1994, we're, we're in a position now where we're almost between one and a half and two metres away from that point because we're referencing ourselves back to the position of the Australian plate at 1994. So we're getting out of alignment with GPS systems that a lot of people are collecting their information in. So the move to 2020 was really around closer alignment with GNSS, including things like GPS, and to try and move some of the distortions and biases that we had in GDA 94. So again, new technology, new software processing, more accurate coordinates and a more accurate datum to align ourselves with GPS. It is a pretty significant shift, 1.8 metres, I think you said it is. Is that right? 1.8 metres? That's right. Yeah. So it's, it's, the funny thing is it's in between that big movement. So from things like AGD 66 or 84 to GDA 94, that was a 200 metre shift. So it was quite significant. And it all had wow. to do with the change in the, what we were referring to the centre of the earth. Those AGD datums, the centre of the earth wasn't actually the centre of the datum. Nowadays, we've aligned ourselves with the centre of the mass of the earth because that's how the GPS systems operate. So we needed to get into alignment with how these international satellite navigation systems were working. So that was the big jump from AGD to GDA 94. This time, we're working in a very similar system. We're primarily just dealing with the plate tectonic motion. And so 1.8 metres, it's still significant. And in many cases, it makes it more difficult because it's a small shift and, and there's more opportunity for people to get them mixed up. So I think it's really important that people can communicate that to their user base. And in some cases, say... If your data is only good to 5 or 10 metres, you're probably okay. You don't need to worry about it. But if people are measuring things at 5 to 10 centimetres or better, or even up to a metre, um, you can think about autonomous cars. If you're using the wrong reference frame, you'll be on the wrong side of the road. And that's just not going to cut it in this, in this emerging geospatial industry we're in, particularly with things like autonomous vehicles. Right. So, and it's also my understanding that there are static and dynamic datum. So is GDA 2020 a dynamic datum? No, unfortunately, this is a common misconception, and I think it had to do with the fact 
Actually, let me answer your question first. No, GDA 2020 is not a dynamic datum. It's a static datum. So a static datum is just like GDA 2020 is static, just the same way that GDA 94 was. A static datum uh, means that the coordinates of features like roads and buildings and property boundaries aren't actually changing with time. So GDA 2020 is also a static datum. But when a lot of the discussion started on GDA 2020, a lot of people talking about it also referred to another reference frame that is is going to be introduced uh, from next year in 2020, and that's called the Australian Terrestrial Reference Frame. So that is going to be a a dynamic or a time-dependent reference frame where coordinates will change with time, but GDA 2020 is static in, in the same way that GDA 94 was. So that was, yeah, that was actually one of my next questions because we'd heard about the Australian Terrestrial Reference Frame. Um, I guess you probably would have some organisations that would, I mean, is there a choice that organisations have between using a static or a dynamic datum, given, you know, that the ATRF is coming in quite shortly? Yeah, and, and that's a really good way to put it. It is a choice, and that's one of the big things that we would like our users and users of um, datums to know, is that we've actually gone through a process with the National Measurement Institute, and the National Measurement Institute is the legal authority on defining what is the reference for position in Australia. And so under the legislation and regulations set up now, officially from the 1st of Jan 2020, what we're hoping to have is you can choose either to use GDA 2020 or you can choose to use the Australian Terrestrial Reference Frame. So we're engaging with the National Measurement Institute to ensure that's the case. So we're going to be transitioning to this system where it'll be up to the user to choose whether or not they want to use a static datum or a dynamic datum. And why is the ATFR being introduced? Which industries and applications are going to benefit most from that change? So I suppose the best way to think about it is that the Australian Terrestrial Reference Frame, our our dynamic uh, reference frame where coordinates are changing, is really designed for those who need it. So the first question to ask yourself is, do I have a need as someone in the spatial industry? Do I have a need for coordinates that are changing with time? In most cases, people are going to answer no to that. And if that's the case stick with GDA 2020, it's going to do exactly what you want it to do. But there are this emerging, growing user base from areas like intelligent transport services. So as I mentioned before, autonomous vehicles is a big one related to that. Um, Things like the aviation industry are, are natively going to be using these global reference frames where coordinates change with time. And also areas like location based services. So when I say that, I'm talking about mobile phone applications. The one I like to think about is you could have someone working on a telecommunications line and they're trying to identify where the underground telecommunications are. They're likely getting their information from GPS and that needs to be lined up with some sort of database that says where the underlying infrastructure is. Um, So they want to be natively working in the system that GPS is, is sending out coordinates. So some of that user base using mobile applications are likely to be using location based services as well. So they're kind of the main ones, but the exciting thing is the stuff that we don't even know about yet. That I think there's going to be this growing user base of software developers who come up with this really niche and interesting ideas on how you can use high-precision positioning that we can't even think of yet. And they're going to be using the system in which they're receiving GPS signals, and that is going to be in ATRF. So going back to GDA 2020, though... Being a fixed datum, will the change for organisations be similar to back in 2000 when Australia updated 
from AGD84 to GDA94? I think in some respects the changes will be similar, but not in all. The biggest difference back then was around a lot of the data being in paper-based form. So it was around updating metadata, which was specifically printed on maps. Nowadays, what we're finding is a lot more of the queries we're getting about how you deal with the change is that they want to know how is it going to be handled in software because a lot of their data now is stored um, in databases and they're reliant on the software developers and software providers to assist them with the update. So we, we being ICSM, are trying to be more engaged with that mid-layer, with that spatial sector, software development and hardware development communities to make sure it's right in the software and then the user end user can be somewhat abstracted from the change. They can just pick GDA 2020 in there, in their unit, whatever it might be, and the transformation will be done for them using the information that ICSM have provided to those software providers. So you talked about some of the benefits that people might get by using the ATRF when it, you know, eventually is introduced. But what are some of the benefits of adopting the GDA 2020 for those that will need it? I suppose the, the main benefit is going to be that closer alignment with global navigation satellite systems like GPS. Compared with GDA94, that 1.5 to 1.8 metres difference is going to become significant in the very near future. To provide a bit of context for that, in the budget uh, last year, the federal budget, the Australian government committed $225 million to Geoscience Australia to provide centimetre level positioning in mobile devices. So what that means is by around 2023, you and I and everyone listening is, is going to be able to get not 10 metre accurate positioning using Google Maps and alignment of spatial data, but they'll be getting down to that 5 to 10 centimetre level. So when, that, when that's introduced, people are going to start to see a really, really big alignment issues with their data sets because 1.5 metres doesn't stand out when you've only got accuracy of 10 metres, but it's going to stand out significantly when you've got accuracy of 5 to 10 centimetres in handheld devices. So that's the key driver. We we knew it was coming. We didn't know when, but we knew that sort of centimetre level positioning was coming for Australia. And to prepare for that, ICSM have spent probably the better part of the last decade, 10 to 15 years actually, working on the technical development of these new datums and now we're in the position to be releasing them so that we're ready for that precise positioning change that's coming. So it's like you're preempting things that are going to be happening down the track already and you're preparing for that now, is that right? Yeah, that's right. I, the way I like to describe it is that your data can't be more accurate than your datum. And at the moment, the, the data that we're receiving and testing with from these new centimetre precise positioning capability in Australia the datum, GDA94, for example, had some biases and distortions in it that were at the 0.5 of a metre level. So your the position you were getting from GPS was actually higher quality than the datum itself. And if you're trying to use that datum to align spatial data and make really good decisions, you've got to make sure that your datum is very, very accurate. So now I, I can sleep a bit better at night because I know that the datum's more accurate than the data. So I think the world's back in sync again. <laughs> it sounds like a little bit of like OCD or something. You've got their neck about all of this. Yeah, yeah, that. And you also don't want to be pulled up in front of a court to say, how come this autonomous vehicle crashed into the side of the road or something like that? And you don't enough. want it to be a datum-related issue, that's for sure. Well, that's, that's actually leading quite nicely into the next question that I had for you. And you've sort of touched on it a little bit already, but it's what are the repercussions, if any, if a business isn't using GDA 2020 or even the ATRF? Yeah, it's a good question. It's actually... Um, 
it's one that does get brought up a bit and I suppose the first thing that I think of is that there's still a lot of legislation, particularly uh, you probably find particularly in the mining sector throughout WA and even offshore areas where legally the boundaries of properties or mining leases or something like that can still be linked back with AGD 66. So there's no real push or mandate for governments to be updating by a particular time. And what we're finding is that different jurisdictions, so different states and territories have their own implementation plan. So Landgate and WA, for example, where you are, they have their own plan of when they're going to update certain parts of their spatial infrastructure. And ICSM and ANSLEAP, which is the parent body of, of ICSM, they're Australia's sort of peak spatial body, have sort of set a guideline to say that they want to have what they're calling these foundation spatial data framework data sets, which are things like our land administration, roads, water, positioning, all these key national spatial data products. They want to have those available by, I think it's July 2020. So they've sort of set set a limit or set a goal to try and achieve getting certain spatial data out by a certain time. But there's currently, it's it's not sort of uh, states aren't being hit with a stick to go and implement uh, GDA 2020 at any given time. Each state is doing it in their own way and they're trying to interact with as many stakeholders as they can to give people time to prepare for it and move. Is there a cutoff time in mind for this to all be updated and implemented? Uh, not strictly, no, uh, at least not nationally. Again, it's it's very much a state-driven thing. And even within states, there's particular aspects where they might get updated now and then there'll be other ones that are low risk or low priority or have low impact that may not be updated for some time. So one of the key ones that has been updated and there's been coordination around has been the GNSS continuously operating uh, reference station infrastructure. So the GNSS core sites that are out and around Australia. There's been a lot of coordination on that to ensure that users won't be getting incorrect cause coordinates through streaming protocols online or from correction services. So there's been a lot of engagement on some of these high priority ones. But when it comes to spatial data that's stored in, in for example, GIS databases within state government authorities, that's more of a, of a local issue and each state is dealing with that independently. So, so Nick, for anyone that's listening that didn't know about GDA 2020 and, and now they will know a little bit more thanks to you being on the podcast, but if they wanted to go and do some reading or they needed some extra resources, where would you direct them to go to get that? Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. We, um, we've actually put a bit of effort into the redevelopment of the ICSM page. So I would recommend that people go to icsm.gov.au and one of the links at the top there is datum and that explains a lot of the elements that we've talked about today including gda 2020 and atrf and the rationale behind needing uh, these upgrades to different datums in australia we've also got a page on there called connect with us you'll see that on the left hand side so feel free to click on that and there's a whole range of channels there where you can get in touch with us and if we can't answer the questions directly over things like slack or email uh, what we can do is put you in touch with someone within your jurisdiction who might be able to meet up with you um, and answer any of these implementation questions you've got. Great. Well, thanks so much, Nick, for, for joining us on the podcast today. And, and I should have mentioned as well for our listeners at the start of this podcast that Nick's actually joining us from Canberra today via uh, conference link. So we really appreciate you making the effort to come on. And I know that a lot of our listeners are really going to benefit from hearing about this now and from you. So thank you very much. 
Oh, thanks. Really enjoyed it. Thanks and happy to, um, happy to chat to you at any time. Thanks. If anyone would like to know more about Geoscience Australia as well or the GDA 2020, just visit the podcast page for links in the show notes. Um, to see some of the resources that Nick just mentioned as well, we'll be including some links there. You can subscribe to Location Matters on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher. You've been listening to Location Matters, the podcast from NGIS, covering the world of mapping and location technology. To find more episodes or to read our blog, check out our website, ngis.com.au.